Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And we have a special guest this week. We got the real Jay-Z in the house, Jamie Zerk. Thanks, Jamie, for coming on this week. Hey, great to be back. Thanks. Yeah, uh, excited to talk about this week's games. We had some some crazy games last week. Um, again, some some favorites getting beat. Some some ranked teams going down. It just seems like it's the the the, the play the the drama's playing out in college football. It just seems how it's going to play all year. We'll we'll see this year. There's a lot of a lot of favorite or a lot of ranked teams that are dogs this week. So we'll see what happens. But as far as DraftKings leagues go, DraftKings league goes uh, last week. Story ended up winning again. Uh, 177.86 points, not the highest scoring week, but he did have Jerome Ford and Abram Smith, both running backs. It seems like it's kind of a, a trend nowadays in DraftKings. These running backs are scoring crazy amounts of points this year. I think it's going to be a good year for the draft as far as running backs go. But Jerome Ford got him $146 per point, and Smith got him $141 per point. Jerome Ford's obviously the running back for Cincinnati, and Abram Smith is the running back for Baylor. Uh, really good week for running backs there. Uh, Jamie, you had some crazy running backs the week before. I think Kyle's had, obviously, Bijan Robinson for most of the year on his DraftKings League team. I mean, it just seems like it's just a running back kind of league this year. Hell yeah, well, if you want to win the league, if you want to win it, you got to put Bijan Robinson on your team. You know what? Well, not one person, <laughs> and you know who pointed this out to me, actually? The real Jay-Z, he texted on Saturday. He said, not one person has B. John Robinson. I believe it was you that texted. No, Jay-Z? I could not believe no one picked him up. Uh, yeah. Shocking. It, insane. And what did he have, like 2,600 points or something last week? I mean, yeah, you, you got to get running backs this year. And I love it because I'm not a wide receiver guy. I just I don't think they're as impactful as a running back. Obviously, they're not as impactful as a quarterback. So they shouldn't really be that way in DraftKings, but in the past they have been. So I'm loving seeing how you got to pick up running backs to win this year, Roach. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I was looking at the rosters. I don't remember what week. I wish I would have noted this. Um, I want to say a name. I, it might have been Cruz, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't want to throw him under the bus here. But someone did have their super flex spot as a running back. Uh, and it just made me like, well, okay. Well, it makes sense because they're scoring a lot of points. But anyways, uh, Real Jay-Z, you finished second last week. Walrus finished third. Uh, this week we will have the Saturday 12-game slate. Everyone should get in. We're getting closer to that eight games, so we're going to average it out, get some points in there, and see who's leading again. Uh, it's still not too late if you haven't played before. Still plenty of football left. Uh, excited to get in there and see some new people. All right, let's talk about a little bit about last week's games. We have Georgia, who's continuing to beat up on teams, beat up on Kentucky 30-13, to 13, guys. Uh, just another dominant performance on defense, holding uh, a pretty good Kentucky team to 13 points, and then still improving on offense with all the injuries. Sorry, Woj, I'm not going to lie. You, you, you got only half my attention tonight. We got the Braves up here. We got Freeman going yard oh. as we're recording this. We got the Braves up 3 nothing against the Dodgers. But, hey, well, we'll get, we'll get back to what we're talking about here in the podcast. Georgia, they beat up Kentucky, Woj. They beat them up. I think that was the word you used, wasn't it? Beat them up? Beat them up. Stifling defense. Well, I'll use your word, stifling. Stifling defense. Thank you for bringing up every episode, Woj. I love how you keep bringing that up. It makes me happy that you use my words. but. Georgia, I mean, there were people here saying, you know, 
Kentucky might come in here and beat Georgia. Like, yeah, I don't know. Those guys should be in the loony bin because what we thought would happen played out in the field. Georgia was never really in any, you know, worry of losing that game. And I'd expect going forward, that's how it's going to be every week with Georgia. It's just crazy looking at the stats and looking at different teams and defensive stats. And they're just so far ahead of everyone. The one stat that was done was uh, it was some of the red zone stats. But the reason was they're just not allowing anyone in the red zone. Yeah, I, it, it, it's one of those things where it's you get one of those years, it's perfect set up in the schedule, and the teams they have beat, they beat them so good. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. I, I don't Now, I don't know if the SEC, to me, this year is is down. Their performance is down. There's a couple teams, obviously, that I would I would say are doing better than normal, but most of them are below the median, I think, for the SEC standards. But Georgia, I mean, I'm st- I don't take that away from Georgia. The half of their offense the entire year has been out. Half of their offense, they've had to revamp, resituate, come up with new game plans, and they've done it and they've adapted. And I think that's the main word here is adapted. And I mean, that, that's what you have to do. That's what Alabama does, and Georgia's doing it, and they're doing it really well. I, I can't wait till the end of the season when we get to see that. What I'm going to guess, Wall, is the Alabama-Georgia game, and it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a game. I think that'll that'll be a national championship in itself. No, it will be. I I don't want to say national championship. I was going to say it's going to be a great game. I was going to piggyback on what you said there, Woj. It's not the national championship, man. It's not. I, I think there's some really good teams. Ohio State's getting hot, you know, right now. I, I think that's a championship team. We got to talk about Cincinnati. You know, I'm getting too far off at Woj. I know it, but Alabama-Georgia will be a great game. But, I mean, Texas A&M is playing some football. I don't think we're going to talk about their game or maybe any of their games today, but they're really playing some football. Last week they won us some money, too. Like, that's a hot team, Mojan. You can't discount that SEC Texas A&M right now. Well, let's use the word adapt again. Another team that's adapting to the situation. Half of their offense is hurt, too. They're down to the different quarterback. I mean, they are adapting and learning, and they're getting better. And that's uh, that's props to them. Another game last week unfortunately our Hawkeyes lost 24 to 7 against Purdue wall I lost my matchup with you you had David Bell on your lineup and you kept him in there even playing against Iowa what were you doing with that I had Iowa's defense it was a nightmare all, all week for me but uh, yeah Purdue def- definitely takes down Iowa they they rotated between three quarterbacks but o- Aiden O'Connell and we'll talk about him I'm sure coming up when we talk about the Wisconsin Purdue game but he was phenomenal, and what they did on offense against our Iowa defense just was – I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I i mean, I, I beginning of this week, Woj, I, had, I was torn whether I want to put Bell on there, but he's too good. I had to put him on my fantasy team. We're talking about you and I played each other last week where I won. I just want to bring that fact up again. But, yeah, I had to have him on there because he's too good of an athlete, and I don't want to talk about this game, Woj. It makes me angry when I think about it. But the reason Purdue won is because they controlled the clock, man. You control the clock, you control the game, and that's how they beat Iowa. That's it sucks too, Woj, because you know Purdue's probably going to go out there and lose. I don't. That's not what I'm going to be betting on. But they're probably going to go out there and lose now and just jumbles up the Big Ten. So it was disappointing. How how was the atmosphere in Iowa after this one, Jay Z? How was the atmosphere out there? Yeah, dis- disappointing would be an uh, understatement there. That, that game was just tough to watch. I mean, as you're hitting on Bell, it was just amazing. Every time he just kept catching a ball. I mean, it's like they forgot he was like the best player on their team. It, it was amazing. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate Iowa D couldn't find an answer to that situation. It wasn't anything new. They they did this last week where they they rotated quarterbacks against Minnesota. You know, Connell was the you know the bell caller as they call it, the the guy in charge there at the end of that game as well. And I mean, they they should have had that game plan. I think the preparedness was not there um, from Iowa's side in the coaching side of things, uh, but. We knew Iowa's offense wasn't that good if they get behind like that and they lose the turnover battle. Things are going to go wrong, and they sure did. So we'll move on. Uh, crazy ending in that Old Miss-Tennessee game. Uh, Old Miss ended up winning 31-26, to but with about, I think, 56 seconds left in the clock, there was a, a first down call that got reviewed or called not a first down, then reviewed continued to be called not a first down and then chaos ensued where the fans started throwing from what they called on TV. There were vape pens being thrown and you could see water bottles being thrown, beer cans being thrown. There was those pizza boxes you get at the concession stands being thrown. And for some reason and somehow uh, a golf ball was thrown um, at Lane Kiffin and actually hit him uh, while he was talking to a ref. And, I mean, throughout the whole thing, it was it was nuts, and both teams are in the middle of the field for 20 minutes, and, and, and no situation ever should happen like that in any sporting event, especially a college sporting event. Um, but it just ended up crazy. Lane Kiffin had a, you know, a level head about the whole situation, saying, "Hey, listen, these are passionate fans. These are passionate SEC fans. They want their team to win. A call didn't go their way, and they get upset, and that's what fans do." But Again, nothing like that should ever happen in my mind. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I mean, hearing the updates, I wasn't watching it live. I was pretty locked into the uh, Pac-12 after dark with uh, Arizona and Utah. But catching up on it after, I mean, that it was just kind of sad to see. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, you don't want to see it. But it, in my opinion, it's it's overblown. I mean, it, you're talking about a, a, a select few people. I understand there's a, there's a hundred water bottles on the f- field, but in the number of fans there compared to a hundred water bottles, that's, that's nothing. I mean, you're talking about a select few people that really ruined it for Tennessee. It's given them a bad name. I, I don't know. I just think it's been overblown in the press. I, I get it. You're worried about the player's safety, but you know what? There weren't helmets and there weren't pads and there weren't, you know, everything, all the protection they can. <laughs> you got to worry about the coaches. Obviously, the cheerleaders, we saw them getting out of there. That's the people you got to worry about. But it's really it's a breakdown of the SEC. They should have what they should have done is kick the fans out for one or they should have canceled the game right then and there. And it should have been over because if the player safety truly is the concern, that's the only two ways to handle it, you know. I don't know. I just I think it's a little overblown, but I do think it's a problem. I hope it doesn't continue to be a problem in these games. I hope this is kind of a one off because that would be a, a sore eye for college football. Uh, two notes on Kyle's uh, thoughts there. They, Lane Kiffin actually told the refs, "Let's my players have helmets on. They're fine. They're OK. Just get us out there and play because he obviously wanted to win the game. Uh, and then I, I mean, too, it's it, it's crazy how the, things like this can happen in college football and the fans get into a certain situation where they're able to do this. And at one point the security and the cops were able to push them back. But as soon as play restarted, they all moved right back down to the front of the stands and, and just continued to bombard everybody. And especially Lane Kiffin, as he left the field after they won the game in the tunnel, he was just getting, he actually caught a water bottle. No, 
I'm going to stop you there because the, you you got to understand when you're watching that, those old Miss players were taunting the fans. I mean, did you that, see that when they're true. in the middle that of the field? True. They were taunt. That, sh- that is not acceptable. Lane Kiffin should have nipped that in the butt. He didn't. And there's the repercussions because he did not do his job as a leader. And I'm not saying it's Lane Kiffin's fault by any means, but the players taunting did not help that situation. It's just a breakdown of leadership by the SEC, by Tennessee people, by the old Miss people. It's complete breakdown in leadership. I hope it's a one-off. I hope it never happens again. Now, I agree. Uh, despite all of the issues at the end of that game, Old Miss did come through 31-26. to They they did give the ball away at the end of the game, so they had 56 seconds left. They couldn't uh, burn enough time on the clock. There were a couple missed plays there. Um, and it, most notably, Matt Car- Corral got hurt. Um, what many people think is due to the uh, – time that they they weren't on the field he cramped up got hurt his leg is hurt might not play this week we're unsure of that uh but one of the best people or one of the best quarterbacks in college football right now and a heisman hopeful possibly won't get to play due to a breakdown in leadership and a breakdown in control which is unfortunate hopefully matt corral can play this week uh lsu did look good their offense always looks good um so we'll see what happens there. Actually, their defense towards the end of that game actually showed up uh, out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, the Mississippi defense showed up, uh, and they played really well down the stretch there. So looking forward to watching them the rest of the year. We have uh, one more game on our last week's game. we got LSU takes down Florida, another non-ranked team taking down a ranked team, 49-42, uh, to and there was no shoe involved this year, guys. No, no shoe, Ogers. I mean, they were throwing shit over in the Tennessee field, but they weren't throwing shoes over there in the Florida game. But, I mean, LSU was a, that was a team where a lot of sharp money was coming in on them last week on the money line and the spread. It's not something that really surprises me. LSU and Florida get together. You never know who's going to win that game. So, yeah, no shoes, no penalty to extend the drive. And that's not why Florida lost this year, Woj. They lost because LSU beat them. Yeah, real Jay Z. Any any uh, inputs from you on that game? No, I think like you said, the SEC is just uh, not going to say as good as normal this year. But there just there are those teams that are just up and down and not consistent. Lack of consistency is probably probably more of it. And it's just Florida. You know, you don't know what to expect. They take Alabama to the end, and then they you know lose this game. You just don't know what you're getting out of teams week in week out. So let's talk about lack of consistency on a bigger bigger angle here and let's talk about the team play style what happened to lsu last week Tyrone davis price ran it 36 times i don't think i've seen an lsu team run it 36 times in a decade um that was insane uh ended up scoring 49.7 points on DraftKings last week uh are they just now with Keishon Boti out are they just going to rely on this run game wall maybe if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right, Woj? <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's just crazy to see that and that that change in in setup. Uh, they started it last week and they pulled it into Florida and it seemed to work even better. So maybe they're going down that road. Who knows? Obviously, there's a lot of speculation where Ellis will they show up this week coming into this week, uh, as their coach now said he will be stepping down at the end of the year. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm sure that won't happen. I'm sure they'll play just as hard as they always do. Um, I do like the new transition they're going to, not for my fantasy team because I have Max Johnson on it, but just for LSU in general, it seems to be working for them, and they're doing a pretty good job at it. 
But let's get into this week's game. We got Purdue, or excuse me, Wisconsin, who's 3-3, three and three, going to Purdue, who's uh, number 25 now after they beat the Hawkeyes, who's uh, now 4-2. and two. That's 2 p.m. on Big Ten Network wall. Yeah, you got Wisconsin uh, giving three in this one, Woj, and then the over-under of a 40, which that tells you it's a Big Ten game, I believe. And then you got Purdue plus 135 after beating the number two team in the nation. They're plus 135 playing a team with three losses at home. I mean, Purdue is not getting any respect in this one. I mean, you guys probably guess where I'm going with this one. It's pretty easy for me. I'm going to take the Purdue money line and the Purdue points at plus three. But, I mean, they've been a good football team. They beat Illinois, who I know they squeaked by in that one. Connecticut's not a good team, but they beat that Oregon State team. And I'm happy today because, you know, I don't got to listen to Woj and, you know, talk about things that his best buddy, Paul Finnebaum, those two guys always bashing the Big 12. I got some Pac-12 fan don't on this you wrong. I hate that man, Wall. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was your good buddy. But we got a Pac-12 fan, and Oregon State's a good team. Purdue beat them in the beginning of the year, 30-21, to 21, I believe the score was. But that's the game that kind of stood out to me. And then, obviously, Iowa last week, they got a lot of momentum. Whether they can carry it forward is the question. I think they can. So what do you think about that Oregon State? Is that a good way to compare this game, Jay-Z? Is that a good team this year, Oregon State? I, you know, they're they're playing well. I mean, no one expected them to be where they're at now. So I guess that's, uh, that says they're better than they were expected. Um, it, it should be, I guess, an interesting game. I don't know. This is clearly more of your uh, bread and butter of the uh, Big Ten back and forth. I, I don't really know what to expect here. I mean, Purdue coming off of that big win, can they maintain it and keep rolling? Maybe, maybe it'll be a letdown. Uh, but you also don't know what to expect out of Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's an interesting game to watch from that perspective. So me and Real Jay-Z were going back and forth a little bit pregame here before we started recording tonight. And I was just talking to him about the overall record between Wisconsin and Purdue, which is 50 wins for Wisconsin, 29 losses, eight ties. Eight ties. It's amazing Um, (laughs) from back in the day. But nevertheless, Wisconsin's on a 14-game win streak. Last year they beat them 45-24. to And – we were talking about it. I mean, real Jay-Z. Can Wisconsin honestly score 45 points against anybody right now? Anybody? No. <laughs> Maybe UConn. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's just what Purdue's shown. I mean, they're, Wisconsin's on a 14-game win streak I mean, in this in this matchup here. The last time they played, like we talked about, was 2019 where they scored 45 on them. What Purdue showed me against Iowa was was a different Purdue team, and and they've done that the last kind of two weeks where where they've shuffled things around, uh, and it's working for them. That the the multi the three quarterback set or whatever they're doing to try to confuse the other defense is is working for them. As far as DraftKings goes, the over under is uh, 40 on this. Am I correct, Wall? You are a little bit off, Woj. No, you're right on 40. 40. Okay. I'm going to talk about DFS players in a 40-point over-under game because I honestly think this can go over. Even at – especially being at home for Purdue, I mean, this is Aiden O'Connell's bread and butter, 5,900 on DraftKings. This is one of your plays. If you're doing multi-entries, this is one of your plays. You stack uh, an Aiden O'Connell with a David Bell. I mean, he's only 5,900. 
The guy's thrown 92 passes in the last two weeks and produced 746 yards. I think they found something there. They figured it out. He scored 31.8 drafting points, went 30 for 40 and two TDs in the air, as well as one on the ground, versus one of the best defenses in college football wall. I mean, I think they figured something out there. As well as David Bell, who we talked about, who was on unfortunately on your DraftKings team, and unfortunately you played him, uh, scored 44 points last week on DraftKings. Uh, and he is the top dog right now on DraftKings as far as wide receivers go, but it's only 7,600. They're obviously seeing that value go up in running backs and the value go down in wide receivers because they're just scoring more consistent points. 7,600 for a guy that averages 28.9 points per game is a pretty good deal, especially when you can match him up with O'Connell, who's the guy who's throwing it to him, who's only 5,900 as a quarterback this week. Uh, one other note in this game, and I'm not going to say any Wisconsin players because I, I honestly don't think that they have a chance in this game, but TJ Sheffield, the wide receiver for Purdue, who's only 4,100. Sheffield hauled, hauled in eight of nine targets versus Iowa last week. Now, he hadn't done that or gotten much production at all before that game, but he is now returning kicks as of the Iowa game, and he's obviously getting more targets. They're obviously got jumped him up in the uh, the pecking order there, and he, he jumped on the opportunity. He's doing really well, and at 4,100, that's kind of a bargain. Not saying he's going to pop off again, but just saying that's one of those things in a multi-entry or if you need someone in that price range, he might be your guy to go to, even in a game, a Big Ten game, a Wisconsin versus Purdue, where the over-under is 40. I'm giving you guys the play in DraftKings. That's, that's scary, Wall. Yeah, it's scary. I can't believe you're not going to take a – Jalen Berger there over there in Wisconsin. I, I know the top dog in our league took him. I, he's not even on the Wisconsin team anymore. I believe he got kicked off. Nope. <laughs> I'd hate to be the guy that used one of your early picks to get Jalen Berger. Uh, that's that's rough. That's rough. Uh, he does hawk the uh, the free agent list there though, and he he picks up quite a guy, quite a few guys underneath the radar. We may need we may need to go to waiver wire for him. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Real Jay-Z, any other points before we move on? Any other points in that game you want to point out? No, no. I do like your wide receivers in the 4,000 range. That, that's been my new strategy lately. I'm not I'm not sure I'm going to jump on your uh, Wisconsin-Purdue game receiver, but, uh, but, but I like the theory. <laughs> All right. Well, I got another one for you in the next game coming up. We got number six, Oklahoma State, who's 6-0 at Iowa State, who's 4-2, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. Wall, tell me a little bit about this juicy one. Oh, man. I don't know if you watched that Texas-Oklahoma State game last week, Woj. First half, I was listening to it on the radio, you know, working out in the garage. Second half, I came in looking good. And then, man, just Texas, it happened again. It happened again, Woj. Oklahoma State won the game, kept them undefeated. But they go into Iowa State now, plus seven, six and oh record, number six in the nation. They're getting seven points at Iowa State. Over under 47, Oklahoma State is plus 210. Any guesses where I'm going in this one? Any guesses? You're going to take Oklahoma State? I am going to take Oklahoma State, Woj. And I'm not going to tell you, well, you know, uh, we'll find out in the pick'em whether I take them for the pick'em. But, yeah, I'm going to take them for the pick'em, too. Oklahoma State is 2-0 and against the spread. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Early pick'em pick? What is this? I this is fair. I have to. Is this fair? Is this legal? Real Jay-Z, I, we need your comments on this. Is this a legal pick? He's the one that gave me this pick. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, this is a little early here to be picking it, but I'll, I'll let it go. Go ahead. Keep going. 
Maybe I'll change it by the end. But yeah, no, Jay-Z texted me. I think it was on Sunday. It might have been Monday early. But yeah, he texted me the line. Can you believe this line at the time? It was, what was it, five and a half? Is that what it was at? Five, texted? five and a half, but I saw it open and kept moving up. I couldn't couldn't believe it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it either. It's at seven right now, and you're getting good money. I think it's minus 105 if you want the plus seven for Oklahoma State. So, you know, that's what I jumped on. But I, I like Oklahoma State in this game. Iowa State, you know, I don't... I don't really know what to make of them. I mean, Oklahoma State, we know they beat Boise State. We know they beat Kansas State. We know they beat Baylor. And then last week they beat Texas. I mean, those those are some good teams that, you know, they're beating. So I, I don't get the spread in this one. I might lose it. Who knows? Because whenever you bet those, like Woj was talking about before, those ranked dogs, you know, going against the unranked team specifically, you got to be careful. But I don't care. I'm going to Oklahoma State in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just, it, it does feel a little too obvious, but uh... – but with you, just on the opponents, I mean, they've both played K-State and Baylor. Iowa State lost to Baylor. Uh, again, uh, Brees Hall's at least started coming on. You're uh, Heisman hopeful there, Woj. But I got Oklahoma Yikes. State. I mean, they're, they're just grinding these. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, they're grinding out wins. They're, their offense hasn't been great. But, I mean, they're staying in games and, and they're winning. I mean, and you're getting seven points. You got to take that. Hey, you can still get the same odds right now that I got at preseason. You can still get plus 10,000 on, on Brees Hall if you want to take it for your Heisman. But and, and honestly, he is doing really good. DraftKings this week, he's the top dog as far as the running back goes. He's at 9,400. Uh, he gets the points for reception. I still honestly think he'll be the number one running back taken in the draft when he does get to that point just because of what he bring, could bring to an NFL team and a West Coast offense or anything like that where he can catch balls in the backfield and he does amazing things when he gets the ball too but I mean he has 10 touchdowns in the year on the ground uh, and he's averaging over 100 yards a game I, I mean he's doing really good um, the problem is this game and it's going to be a great game to watch for me. I do like the Oklahoma State pick. We're going to go all three Oklahoma State. I really like it. Uh, this is not a, your traditional Big 12 game. This is this is a defensive battle. It's like the Big 12 is transferred into the Big 10 for a week. Um, but this is going to be a defensive battle, especially with teams with two really good running backs and Brees Hall and Jalen Warner from uh, Oklahoma State, who, by the way, is 8000 this week, a little cheaper than Brees Hall. But... It's going to come down to the fact that neither of these teams allow opponents to get over 100 yards a game on the ground. And one of those is going to have to break in order for this game to be won. Or, on the other hand, Brock Purdy, who's 6,600, or Spencer Sanders, who's 6,500, are going to have to do something else in this game magical to win it. I think Spencer Sanders has a better track record in a situation like this than Brock Purdy does. But I'm not ranking Iowa State out of it completely. I, I'm, I, I do like Oklahoma State on the line getting seven, uh, just for that matter. But uh, I, just getting the points just because of that. I think it's going to be a closer game than most people think. Um, but there is a, there's a higher ceiling here for Spencer Sanders than there is for Brock Purdy. There's a higher ceiling for Brees Hall than there is for Jalen Warner just because of the pass game. Uh, the one person I would pick up as far as DraftKings goes in this game, and 
the real Jay-Z, you just talked about it. You're my round 4,000 receivers. Is Charlie Kohler, the tight end from Iowa State? We've, we've had him in the past. He's he's dropped down on the on the DraftKings radar. He's only 5,500 this or 4,500 this week. He averages 6.5 targets a game, hauling in four per game of those 6.5. And he's just a really quality, cheap option. Uh, he's gotten over 10 points per game in almost all of his games in DraftKings this year. Uh, just a really good option. They like to go to him near the end zone. So I would look as Charlie Kohler uh, before I would go to TJ Sheffield uh, as the wide receiver, just uh, especially in those tournament lineups too, where you need a cheaper guy that most people might not pick up. Read my mind, Woj. You checking out my uh, roster already, huh? I already well, got Kohler on there. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> well, any other thoughts in this game? No, I told you what I thought about this game. Which I don't respect Iowa State, so you can kind of put that in there with it. Maybe I'm a little opinionated, but you know we, we we're unbiased on this show, Woj, so I don't think it has much to do with it. But still, I I don't get it. I it's easy for me. Oklahoma State. All right, yeah. As far as DraftKings goes, all of those players are defense options. I would probably steer away from Brees Hall just this week because of the 9,400 price tag. Not saying he won't score points. I just don't know if he'll score that many. He only scored 18 against an Iowa defense. Uh, and this defense, as far as on stat, um, paper-wise, uh, ranks up against Iowa as far as running the ball. So uh, I would steer clear from there. But Charlie Kohler is a good option. Uh, just He's cheap. He's good. Spencer Sanders, Brock Purdy, possible options. But, again, Charlie Kohler is the, uh, the one guy I would look for there if uh, you're looking for some cheap wide receiver action. Let's move on to the uh, game day game of the week. We got number 10, Oregon. Your Ducks, J- Real Jay-Z, 5-1 at UCLA, who's 5-2, and two, 230 on ABC. Yeah, pretty excited. Should be, should be a good game. I mean – Ducks has definitely been a uh, up and down season um, all over the map. I mean, we got the big Ohio State win. Um, other than that, it's been a bit flat. Um, I mean, all around they've had injuries, uh, even their coaching staff. Joe Moorhead was out the last uh, or two weeks ago against Stanford. He's actually going to be back and was cleared to travel this week, so that should help. He was at the game but not on the field as normal last week. That may have hopefully been a factor to help Brown pick it up in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, other good news there, they're getting their defense back. Gavon Thibodeau, hopefully he's going to finish a full game for the first time this season. Injured in the first game, then targeting in the Stanford game, so he missed half of last game. They're also getting a lot of the rest of their D-back, Swenson, Funa, Sewell, DJ James. I mean, they should have a healthy unit, which would be for the first time this year, even they didn't have most of it for the uh, Ohio State win. Um <laughs> Betting-wise, unfortunately, they've been pretty poor against the spread this year, other than that Ohio State game. Again, it's the big bright spot of the year. Um, so I, I don't know that I'm going to be putting anything on it pregame. Maybe look for something in-game. Um, ideally, they'll just get out to a hot start. Won't have that opportunity, though. What's the overrunner in this game? Well, I feel like there's a lot of points that can be scored here. Well, it's a yeah, Pac-12, Oregon, UCLA. I mean, over under 60 and a half, baby. In Oregon's plus two and a half. I know Zarek said he's going to wait for in-game, try to get some lines. I'm guessing he's talking, you know, that plus seven, plus seven and a half range. But right now, Oregon's plus two and a half. UCLA is minus 130 if you want to take them on the money line. So, you know, yeah, they're expecting some points in this one, Woj. I think they got some possible, possible DraftKings players in here in this game. 
Uh, they do. And uh, we'll go on. I'll say that both of these teams are fairly similar in how they play a game. They both have dual threat running backs that, that like to run the ball, really don't have that great a passing. I guess DTR is would probably be better than Anthony Brown in that fact, but they both have similar numbers as far as DraftKings goes in the year. Both of them are options in DraftKings for this week just because of the game and how it plays out. Anthony Brown is 7,900 and DTR is 8,100. The thing about it is, is what I saw last week from Oregon and how they moved the ball around with a lot of shorter passes versus Cal and, and really made Anthony Brown comfortable. He went 20 for 28 uh, for 244 yards last week. And a lot of those were to Travis Dye, who's the the running back for Oregon at 7,400, who is taking the place of Verdell. Uh, and he stepped up huge. He caught eight of those 20 passes, most of them all those short passes in that range. But huge upside here for him just because of how engaged he is in the running game. He's only 7,400 this week. So as far as running back goes, he's cheap. I'm almost guaranteed to have this guy on my roster this week. Travis Dye is a lock on my roster, just like Car- Charlie Kohler at 4,500 is a lock on the real Jay-Z roster. But I just like Travis Dye in this game. I like how it matches up. I, I hope Oregon brings that same game plan they had last week against Cal to UCLA, and I think they'll do a pretty bang-up job. Would you agree, Real Jay-Z? You hit it on the head with making Anthony Brown comfortable. I mean, those short passes, I think their top receiver has just over 200 yards on the season, which is pretty absurd. But that just shows how much they're spreading the ball out. They've got another six guys in the 100 range. No big big numbers, but they're just spreading it around. And yeah, Dye is your one one good target there. I'm not sure if he'll make it to my team or not. He was briefly, but we'll, we'll see what the end lineup turns into. <laughs> With a little sneak sneak preview on the roster. I like that. Uh, I, I did that last week with Jerome Ford, and he ended up not getting into the final lineup. That was unfortunate for me. But uh, let's move on. We got uh, USC. No, who... Let's not move on. Let's go back. Okay. Why, All right, did I'll go back. Have, why did you not have Charbonnet on that DraftKings breakdown? You know, Charbonnet hasn't done very well the last uh, three games for UCLA, and I, I'm his price tag is just too high for me this week. I I didn't I didn't really like him going into this game. I, I do you have a different opinion there? How'd you guess that one? I, some detective work you did there. Charbonnet should be on your team for DraftKings this week. I don't. You, think... you just want me to say Charbonnet, don't you? I love when you say it. I love it. Charbonnet. Yeah, the French pronunciation <laughs> gets me going. But no, they you. They got Thibodeau back. Yeah, he sat out, what was it, half of the last game they played against Cal, right, Zarek, from that target Correct. penalty at the end Correct. of the Stanford game? So he didn't play half of the game against Cal. I get that. But he's really the one, you know, he, he's that defensive leader. So he's going to be there the whole game, which gives me a little bit of hesitation. I wish he was out for the first half because then definitely <laughs> I'd be taking Mr. Chabernet and I'd be putting some real money on that. But I just like him. Much. I think that that's the way that UCLA's got to – beat Oregon. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, yeah, maybe he gets some stuff done, but I think the way they have to beat Oregon is on the ground with Mr. Charbonnet, so I'm definitely putting him on my team. I don't know why you're not, Woj. He's too much money for you. I get it. I get it. You go to those lower salary players, but I think you're missing the boat on this one. I mean, here's my thoughts on this one. For 7,400, I get Travis Dye, who's, who's getting more than eight targets a game, and I'm paying 7000 for Charbonnet, who's splitting carries with Britton Brown and DTR. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me as far as an overall... St- what, where's the where's the, the top, the 
you know, the, the ceiling, where's the, there's a ceiling on Charbonnet where there's, there's obviously an open-ended ceiling on, on die. He can, he can bust through it at any time in my mind, like the, like the Kool-Aid man. And Travis Dye is going to be the Kool-Aid man next week is what I'm calling for. So 74 at 7,400. I, I like Travis Dye and the Kool-Aid guy. You like Charbonnet. We'll see what it happens next week. We'll see what, you know, where the, where they lie. But uh, I just feel like Britton Brown and DTR just take too much away for what Charbonnet can do. I do like him as a player. I think he's really good, but. He's just got too much competition in the backfield. So let's move on. Now officially moving on to the USC, who's 3-3 three and three at number 13, Notre Dame 5-1. and one. USC coming off of a bye week. Walt, what do we got here? We got USC plus 6.5, 7, depending what book you're looking at, over under 58. USC plus 205 going into South Bend. I think we're going to have some disagreement on this game. I just, I'm going to make that prediction. I think we're going to have, we got Mr. Pac-12 over there. You know, he's always going to pick the Pac-12 team. And I, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame, Jay-Z? I don't, do you like them as a football team? Uh, I mean, they've, they've been all right this year. I mean. In general, would you say you are, because when it comes to Notre Dame, there's two sides usually. There's the people that like Notre Dame, and then there's the people that hate Notre Dame. So I mean, which I, side would you put yourself on to, to give some I, context? I, I like the Pac-12. They don't even have a conference. I guess we'll, I guess oh, we'll really? start there. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And I they, think are that they in the ACC still? No, they're not. They're, yeah, they got out of that shit league. They're, they're better. They're off to better pastures this year. I like Notre Dame in this game because, here, let me tell you why. They're at home for one. That's why I like them a lot. They're still a good football team. I mean, yeah, they got that one loss. They don't have that goose egg anymore. But USC is a team that I like too. But they got you got three losses on the season already. I mean, if you can get that under a touchdown, I just I like Notre Dame coming up big at night. You know, South Bend gets pretty they get pretty rocking, especially at night. So I, I like the fans to help them out in this one. And USC Notre Dame's always a big game, but I just I like Notre Dame in this one. I, I think it'll be close though. However it ends up, I think it's gonna be a close game. It usually is when they play. Hopefully there's no illegal pick at the end of the game. No one wants to see that again. So I, I think I'd put my money on Notre Dame in this one. I'd give the points. I think you hit it on the head there, though. That seven's a key number. If you go above it, you kind of like USC. You go under it, maybe you're leaning Notre Dame. I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, USC has been a little all over the map this year. Which offense is going to show up? And are they going to put up 40 or are they going to put up 20? <laughs> I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, they're both coming off five, so they should be well prepared. Uh, so just to hit it on the head, they're both coming off buys. It's going to be a great game. The thing about it is, is touchdown Jesus, Jesus is going to need some help in here. Uh, they need to stop Drake London from scoring touchdowns. Uh, just kind of like Iowa had with David Bell. Drake London is just as dynamic as David Bell. He's a really good wide receiver for USC. He is at 8,800 on DraftKings this week, probably well worth your money. He averages an uh, absolute crap ton of points. Um, the thing about it is, is Notre Dame defense is giving up so many plays per game. I mean, just Notre Dame in general, they're giving up 70.5 plays per game. USC plays the 71.8 plays per game. So, I mean, it, it, it comes down to the Notre Dame defense and if they can stop Drake London, uh, from, from being able to be as dynamic as he is. And I just think six and a half is a lot, six and a half, seven is a lot for, 
even going into seeing the touchdown Jesus down there, I just don't see it. Um, I think USC holds this a lot tighter than what obviously Vegas thinks. Uh, but I could be wrong and I could be biased. I do have Drake London and Keaton Solvis on my fantasy team, so we'll end up with that. <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, any other games, Wall, that you want to talk about this week, possibly the Clemson-Pittsburgh game? No, I mean, it's, it's surprising. I mean, to see Clemson getting three, you know, at, at Pittsburgh, but they're still getting three. So I, it's a different Clemson team, Moach, this, this year. If you want to talk about that game, we're talking about a different Clemson team than we've been talking about the past two or three years. We are talking about a different Clemson thing, but I, team, but overall, I think this is, I, I think I will, I would, if I were to take anybody in this game, I think I would take Clemson. Uh, they're only allowing 14.4 points per game. They're obviously going to be playing a Pittsburgh team that likes to score points. It's going to be a good test for them. Um, but I really think Clemson is starting to get it under control more. Um, and we'll see what happens with Kenny Pickett and Josh Addison. But I, I think I like Clemson plus three. I'm probably not going to put a bet on it, but I do like them at plus three. I'm interested to see what happens them going to Florida State the following week. I do think it's interesting. I mean, Pittsburgh's putting up a lot of points. I mean, as you pointed out, Clemson has a good defense, but they haven't played a lot of top competition. I mean, they played Georgia, but that, well, that was a defensive game there. So I'm just curious to see what Pitt's offense does against Clemson's defense. I, I think it should be interesting to watch. Yeah, good point on strength of schedule. They haven't really get played that much, and they did give up 21, 27 points to North Carolina State. Um, so just something to uh, pay attention to. That's why I won't be betting it. But uh, pick them last week while we both ended up winning. You had the old Miss minus two and a half with a big win. I had the Michigan State uh, minus four and a half with the big win. Uh, this week I am going to go with, and I'm torn between this one. I got two of them that I would really like. I have San Diego State um, that I like a lot against Air Force. Um, San Diego State's at home. It's they're getting three and a half. I kind of like that game. They've uh, they've been able to stop the run pretty proficiently so far this year. But I am going to take Eastern Michigan. I'm going to go into the MAC here. While I'm going to take Eastern Michigan, giving three here, giving three to Bowling Green, who is probably one of the worst and could compete with uh, UConn as one of the worst college football teams in college football. Well, you want to you want to look at the lines this week. You got to include UMass in there because they're getting a lot of points. But I I mean I don't I don't like I don't I shouldn't say I don't like it. Your San Diego State's a good football team, but I, I just don't bet against the service academies. I don't bet against America Woj, so I would never take that one. Okay, okay. pull it that way. I guess what you're going. Eastern Michigan, they're not somebody I'm gonna bet on. I, they're not a real great team. I understand why you're taking them because you're you're taking. A decent team, I'll say, over a bad team. So it kind of makes sense. But you know what? Before I give my pick, I want to bring up. Did you uh, did you hop on Colorado State last week, Zerk? Sure did. It was all. Oh, I did too. Well, I did too. Did, oh, did you, guys, did you guys both do the alternates or? Oh, I did all of the alternates. Wall. That was that was an awesome game. Oh man, yeah. It was it was a good week last week in general. I mean, it sucked for Iowa losing. You know, that was hard. But as far as the pocketbook, I mean, it was a real good week. Texas A&M, Colorado State, really good. I mean, it was a good week. So I'm hoping we can carry through with this week. I did say, you know, Oklahoma State at the beginning. But Woj is right. I will succeed to Woj. We cannot do our pick early in the game. So I'm going to – early in the episode. So I'm going to change 
my pick them. I'm going to go Minnesota minus five. They're playing the team Maryland that I don't, I don't respect Maryland. I don't think they're a great mm-hmm. team. So I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm going to give the points for nothing more than I'm betting against Maryland. Ooh, I like that pick, especially with all the injuries on Minnesota, but and then Maryland coming off of a bye as well. So interesting pick. I like it. Um, I'll definitely take it, just like I've taken all your other picks this season. Uh, hopefully we can keep riding uh, the wall train here at 5-1-1 one, one on the season. Uh, the real Jay-Z all-time is 1-0. and oh. uh, He did, was on the 2019 episode, took an Iowa under, um, won oh, that one, player. and then yeah, a great, oh, great play. Yeah. And then in 2020, when he was on the uh, show, he picked a Washington State game, uh, but they ended up not playing because of COVID. So that was postponed. So 1-0 all time. We have yet to have a guest speaker lose a pick So this is uh, the hands right in you here, the real Jay-Z. The, the, the listeners want to know who they can rely on for the 100% bet here, the lock, the ultimate lock. Who is it going to be? Locking it in. Uh, yeah, I got a couple here I was thinking about. Uh, going a little uh, untraditional on this, too. Two different first half lines looking at. Uh, well, you mentioned earlier, A&M's been playing really well. So I did like them against uh, South Carolina, minus 11.5 for the first half, right around even money. But I am going to go with Ohio State, also 11.5, taking on Indiana, who has been kind of a mess this season. Penix is more likely than not out. Not sure that that matters, but with their backup in, uh, Ohio State's offense has been rolling lately. So I'm taking Ohio State 11 and a half, first half. Our first first half line in the uh, Wojen Wall pick him. I like it. Uh, Zerk's hopefully going to continue the tradition of guest speakers going 100% on their pickums. Good luck this mm-hmm. week, Jamie. And uh, uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show with us. Yeah, great. Thanks again for having me. What, one more disclaimer. Uh, no Pac-12 after dark this week, so you can uh, get to bed early. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. This was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>